It's great to be together, isn't it, on uh, Christmas Eve and worship. Why don't you turn, I'm going to have you do this, turn to somebody around you and say, it sure is great to be here. Would you do that? Go ahead. I was going to say, too, you know, it's, it's after 10 o'clock. Just get all the yawns out you've got now. And, uh, why don't you turn to people around you and just say Merry Christmas as well. Let's, let's bow our heads for prayer. God, it is great to be gathered together with, with others here in your house to contemplate to consider and to celebrate the great light that you have sent into the world, Jesus, Savior. And we're grateful that you've sent him into our corner of the world and pray that you would inflame that light in our hearts uh, tonight, that there would be peace, that there would be comfort and hope and joy no matter what we're facing, and that even as we freely receive, that we might freely share with others. Come, God. In Christ Jesus, be born in us anew. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. It was the prophet Isaiah who said, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And on Christmas Eve, we celebrate the, the fulfillment of that when the angels appear to the shepherds in the field at night and they see indeed a great light. Here's what the word says. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. That's at the heart of the Christmas message, isn't it? Fear not, a Savior has come. Well, they saw a great light. And it was a big light, and it was a great light, but it wasn't the only great light that the shepherds would see that night. You know, we have uh, uh, all of these pious pictures in our mind about Christmas and the first Christmas Eve or the, uh, from the Christmas cards maybe that we share. We have all of these pious pictures and they're not all accurate. Like if they have wise men in them, we know that the wise men didn't show up for maybe as many as two years. Uh, if, we, if we picture that in, in some kind of a stable, you know, the, the um, uh, experts are a little unsure what exactly that first uh, habitation was. We know he was placed in a manger, but exactly what the house was like, we're, we're not sure. Uh, we are quite sure it didn't happen on December 25th. But there is one thing that we can be certain about, and that is that this took place at night. It's a nighttime scene when the angels appear to the shepherd. And they make haste and they go to see the baby Jesus. And as they go and see the baby Jesus, they indeed see another great light. But it wasn't big at all. It was a light more like this sort of light. That's an oil lamp. Uh, this is the kind of lamp they would have used uh, in New Testament times, filled with olive oil and a wick. And, and you might have a few of these lit after a baby's been born and, and everyone's gathered around. It'd be about like a 40-watt light bulb. Not a big light, but a great light shining on the face of the Savior. 
Not a big light, but a great light. Not a big light like you might have today, you know, when a baby's born, you have all these lights going on. It wasn't like that at all. It was just that, that little light. This evening, as we think about the birth of Jesus and we think about light, we're going to use a candlelight. I don't have one of the other lights, but we're going to use a candlelight to help us think about the birth of Jesus during the Advent season. Uh, we've been looking at different sorts of light, and, and tonight, tonight it's a candlelight to help us think about what it means that the light of the world came to be our Savior. As we look at a candlelight, I'm going to give you four things. There are four things that we can think about as we think about candlelights and Christmas. The first is simple. A candle is a simple light. I mean, there's wax, a wick, and some fire, and <laughs> there you go. Uh, there's, there's no high technology in the lights like you might see on a Christmas tree or, or the other spotlights. Very simple light, wax, a wick, and a little fire. Christmas and what happened is very, very simple. You know, in the church, we have all kinds of complicated things. We have a rich heritage in the church, and, and we have all sorts of doctrines and theologies. Uh, we have a very long history, very involved history in the church. We have all sorts of liturgies. There can be all kinds of books upon books upon books written about the Christian faith. It can all get very convoluted and complex. And, and at the heart of the Christian faith, there's something very, very simple. God looked down on the mess that is our world and determined to come in the person of His Son to fix it. He looked down on the world and the mess that, that is us in our sin and our guilt, our rebellion. He looked down on the wars and the rumors of war and the sickness and the family conflict and the financial problems and in the death that touches us all and determined that He would come and fix it. And He came to fix it by taking all that's wrong upon Himself there on the cross in Jesus to cleanse it, to take it away. And now He gives us the gift, and He says, it's yours. Well, what should I do? What do I believe? It's very simple, like a candle. God came down and rescued and he gives it to us. It's like a, a Christmas present. You ever give a Christmas present and you say, well, here's this Christmas pre present. Oh, what should I do with it? What do I owe you? How did you? No, no. I bought it. I paid for it. Here, it's yours. As simple as that. As we gather together to celebrate the wonder that is Christmas, that's where we start. It's very simple. God came to rescue you and me. There's a second thing we might think about when we look at a candle, and, and that is that a candle is dated. It's kind of old-fashioned, sort of old school. You know, technology has come a long way since, since they had candles. We've got all kinds of, I mean, look at the lights on the Christmas tree. Do you know where they came from? Not, not these lights, but do you know where Christmas lights on a tree came from? Uh, years ago, of course, they would put candles on it. That's not the best idea, the safest idea. Uh, and there was a fella uh, who worked for Thomas Edison, a fellow by the name of Edward Johnson, who had two ideas. And the first idea was to string a bunch of lights together and put them on a tree at Christmas time. The second idea he had 
was let's make some money on that. (laughs) And so he strung these lights together, powered them with a generator, the tree revolved, and then he called a reporter and said, let's get this in the news. And here's how it was reported. It says that the rear of the beautiful parlors was a large Christmas tree presenting a most picturesque and uncanny aspect, wrote W.A. Crawford, a veteran writer for the Detroit Post and Tribune. It was brilliantly lighted with 80 lights, each one encased in these dainty glass eggs, about equally divided between white, red, and blue. One can hardly imagine anything prettier. Christmas lights have come a long way since 1882. Look at all the lights we have. Think about all the lights that you have. And what does it mean? It means candlelight's pretty dated. And yet just because it's dated doesn't mean it should be discounted. I mean, it's still a real light. It's still a valuable light. Uh, Many people think that the Christian faith is dated. It's old-fashioned. It's old school. That was about then. Maybe some of you even say, well, you know, I, I was into that a little bit when I was a kid, but I got older and that just seems like from way long ago and isn't of that much importance to me. Just because it's dated, just because it's old, doesn't mean it should be discounted. For it's true. You know, in another way, it's been dated. I mean, this is not make-believe. Uh, this happened. This is the truth. God came to save sinners. And we know when it was. It was in those days when a decree went out from Caesar Augustus. It was during the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. You know, at Christmas time, we celebrate all sorts of new things. Isn't that what you give? You give new things. You don't give a bunch of old things, dated things. And yet we shouldn't discount what's old. Uh, We shouldn't discount what's, you know, what's better than an old friend? (laughs) Uh, What's better than an old recipe? And there's nothing better than, than the old, old story about how Jesus came to rescue sinners. That leads us to the third thing about candles, Christmas. A candle is dependable. You can count on a candle. Uh, who was here in 2013 after the ice storm? You know, that's still probably everybody's favorite Christmas Eve. Yeah, the lights were out. I, uh, that night I had planned, I had all of these sounds I wanted to use as part of the sermon. But then once the power went out, you know, we, we couldn't use any of that. And you remember what we did use? Of course, we used a, a candle. You know, when the lights go out and when the battery goes out and the flashlight, uh, don't you have a bunch of candles in the drawer somewhere that you can take it out just in case and you know that you can depend on a candle to work? Christmas shows the dependability of God Himself. He had given His word, He had said, There will come a day. Look in Bethlehem. There will come a day. Uh, Look for a virgin giving birth. There will come a day. Look for a great light. And God, at just the right time, sent His Son. Dependable. And in your life, no matter what you're facing, you know, who knows what the new year might hold for any one of us, but no matter what it is you're facing or what you might experience, either in life or in death, you can depend on the light of Jesus Christ to be your hope, to be your salvation. It's like that hymn verse, remember from Abide With Me. Abide with me, fast falls the eventide. The darkness deepens, Lord, with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts flee, help of the helpless, oh, abide with me. You can depend 
on God. Tonight is testimony of that as you go into a new year. There's a fourth thing about a candle. Simple, dated, dependable. It's crucial. It's crucial. You need light. I suppose it doesn't have to be candlelight, but, but you need light. Uh, without light, we don't have life, right? With uh, photosynthesis, without light, we all die. Listen to this. The fire with its light was a success. He was safe. He remembered the advice of the old man on Sulphur Creek and smiled. The man had been very serious when he said that no man should travel alone in the country after 50 below zero. Well, here he was. He had had the accident, he was alone, and he had saved himself. Those old men were rather womanish, he thought. All a man must do was to keep his head, and he was all right. Any man who was a man could travel alone. But it was surprising the rapidity with which his face and nose were freezing. There was the fire with its light, promising life with every dancing flame. He started to untie his moccasins. They were coated with ice. The thick socks were like iron almost to the knees. The moccasin strings were like ropes of steel. For a moment, he pulled them with his unfeeling fingers. Then realizing the foolishness of it, he grasped his knife. But before he could cut the strings, it happened. It was his own fault, or instead his mistake. He should not have built the fire under the pine tree. He should have built it in an open space. But it had been easier to pull the sticks from the bushes and drop them directly on the fire. Now, the tree under which he had done this carried a weight of snow on its branches. No wind had been blowing for weeks, and each branch was heavy with snow. Each time he pulled a stick, he shook the tree slightly. There had been just enough movement to cause the awful thing to happen. High up in the tree, one branch dropped its load of snow. This fell on the branches beneath. This process continued spreading through the whole tree. The snow fell without warning upon the man in the fire, and the fire was dead. Where it had burned was a pile of fresh snow. The man was shocked. It was like hearing his own judgment of death. Without light, we're lost. Without the light of Christ, it's death. It is crucial to have the light that God provides for us this night in Jesus Christ. It's crucial for us that that light of Jesus was itself extinguished. Without the cross, the cradle has no power. Jesus went to the cross to suffer and die and to have his light extinguished that we might have life. Our hope, our confidence for life with him now is always, is dependent on the fact that he went to death for us. But as we celebrate, he was raised again to give life and salvation 
to all who call on his name. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. There is a fifth word I'd like to give you tonight about candles, and that's joyous. Aren't candles joyous? You know, it's Christmas Eve and we have candles going on. Isn't it a joyous time? Uh, we break out the candles for birthdays and anniversaries and, and Christmas. Do you know there's a difference between the word joyous and joyful? They don't mean quite the same thing. Uh, generally, people will use them synonymously, but they, they mean different things. Joyful is the human experience that we have following a joyous event. As we gather together this evening to celebrate the joyous event, the light of the world has come for you and for me. I pray, God, to make your hearts ever more joyful. Amen.